ladies and gentlemen, the Toronto Maple Leafs have lost in Game 7 of the first round once again. And that is the only notable Game 7 loss that we are talking about. And we're back. We're back. We are. Uh, You know, I was really hoping the Bruins could find a way in Carolina. Let's just dive right into it. And uh, it just didn't happen. No. They... I think it boils down to the same thing we've been saying for years. Who else is going to score a goal? Yep. Like that, uh, (laughs) that's the quick, too long, didn't read of the Bruins' downfall. But I was so hopeful. I, I wasn't arrogant to the point where I, oh, the Bruins are definitely winning this. There's no way they lose. But I just didn't see it happening. I thought maybe they'd pull it out. Yeah, it was like, in my mind, it was basically just cautious optimism. I was like, you know what? Like, they've made it to seven against the Hurricanes. They're literally a wild card team facing a team that won the division. Eric Halla is their second line center. You know, like... What a disaster. (laughs) At that point, I'm just like, hey, anything can happen. Like, maybe they pull it out win. Obviously, uh, obviously they did not. Now, uh, I will say to start this off... Uh, this episode is going to be more just of a, you know, game seven reaction and less, you know, off season outlook and preview and everything, because we're literally recording this at 1030 PM, which is like five. Yeah. 1025, which is like literally just three hours after the Bruins just lost. So it doesn't make too, too much sense for us to right now go, okay, off season. What do they need to do now? I don't need to do. We do have some armchair GMs up for later because, of course, got to get back to that. But uh, we'll likely record, you know, early next week or like the middle of next week, do sort of that season wrap up once the Bruins, you know, have done the locker cleanout day and everything, get all the insight on injuries and everything that's going to be happening then, maybe a little more clarity on Bergeron at that point. Um, and then. You know, give our second round predictions for the playoffs and, you know, we'll still be doing episodes throughout the playoffs, even with Bruins not in, Uh, but it uh, definitely won't be the same. (sighs) At least I don't have to be forced to listen to the Canes goal horn and that public address announcer. Yeah. And, And their anthem singer who feels the need to extend, like, every note by like 10 seconds yeah especially as it gets, as the song gets closer to the end it's like, like yes i, I, really I must make myself. this longer <laughs> uh, alex what the hell happened um well, I know what happened max domi happened which yeah. <laughs> what happened is exactly what i kind of realistically expected like I always I always pick the Bruins to win in the first round every year. I just always do it. Always like why not? You know, if they had been going up against Florida, uh, maybe I, that would have been different, but I was like, you know what, they can definitely do it against Carolina. That's why I did Bruins in 7. I think it was a coin flip the whole way. Uh but realistically, as we basically said from the start of the year, this team was always going to be a wild card team. 
Losing Krejci was going to be even bigger of a blow than I think a lot of people were thinking. Hey, but Eric Kala had X amount of points since January 1st. Yeah, and he was good in that span. But, (laughs) I don't, I don't know if, I don't know how many people were like truly convinced that Eric Halla was a legitimate second line center. A lot of people were. Like, yeah, I don't know, but. (laughs) Okay, he got the points playing with the two players that he was playing with, okay? Yeah. But you clearly saw it. Especially in a matchup style environment, what are you throwing him out there? He's not a shutdown guy. Yep. He's not gonna. He's not like an over dominantly offensive guy. Yeah. Like that's why I haven't said this too much on here, but no, they should have signed him last year. Forget about Felino. Forget about Halla. They should have thrown everything they got at Dano. Have Bergeron try to recruit him. I know being a former Canadian, maybe he doesn't want to play for the Bruins, but it's not like he has had a playoff series against the Bruins where there's some bad blood, although Chara did kind of knock him out with a slap shot once. <laughs> yeah. But, but that that's the kind of guy they needed. A second-line center who does more than just maybe get a point here and there. Someone that can shut people down that's not relying just on Bergeron, and I think that is why Bergeron might not return. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Which led, and I didn't even mean to bring up Bergeron, but it's just yeah. But that's for later. That's for later. (laughs) And we'll talk plenty about that. Yeah, it's just you know, and and the funny thing is, is like I don't even think Hollow was the most disappointing player in the playoffs. We can all look at Craig Smith and go, okay, you have zero points in seven games. Like you need more out of him. I mean, I think Hollow had like three points, which yeah, not great. I mean, Hall had four. You know, like. Yeah, probably Paul want more out of him. Tonight in the beginning of the game. I yeah. thought him and Pasta were going to connect for something, which they maybe were going to before Hall took a four-minute double minor. And, but... Yeah. And back to Halla for a second. How come at any point this series, or even in the last you know month or so of the season, why didn't they try coil, coil. between Hall and Pasta? I mean, isn't that and what especially... they tried like early on in the season? Very early. Yeah. Very early. But... I mean, I think Coyle got better as the year went on. Uh, again, I'm not trying to break down the season of everyone do that. We're not yeah, doing yeah. that tonight. But I just, especially in the playoffs, you know, maybe not in a December game or November. But I think Coyle's style would have fit well between those two. Because no offense, Halla isn't going to go win puck battles below the goal line. Coyle will. Yeah, he won't win and the faceoff, but he'll at least go and retrieve the puck. <laughs> Well, Hall is not good at faceoffs either. Ah, fifty-four percent in the playoffs. Coil forty-one percent. Yeah. Jesus. Well, so basically, what we're saying is, either way, the Bruins' center core sucks. Yeah. I and well, it's it's tough. Like, you put you put like an actual second line center. You're like, that's great. And Coil is your third. That's great. But in theory, when Hall is there, and it's like I don't even hate Halla. Like, I think he is a serviceable player um he's like i mean i'd rather him in the lineup over nosek every day of the week nosek hasn't done anything for the last few months um well one they're asked to play completely different roles oh yeah yeah, yeah. for sure if, if you're talking nosek on the second line yeah no I, not at all <laughs> please away from me with that evil but i just <sighs> Everything I like go to say, it 
kind of sounds like I'm trying to do like a off-season preview, but that's a glaring need. Yeah. It's a glaring need, and, you know, I think it proved to be their downfall. And honestly, really what their downfall was, Jordan Stahl, apparently he's the best defensive center ever now. Well, well in Carolina, I guess. Yeah, in Carolina. <laughs> only only when what? that What in the world? Like, I have never seen Bergeron struggle on face-offs that mightily against one guy. I don't know if you have like the matchup stats for faceoffs. I like I doubt you would, but like he, Bergeron was still fifty-two percent on faceoffs in the playoffs. Which the first two games he was way under five hundred against. Yeah. Ball. I, um, it's weird. I'm I'm also like looking at. Uh, oh my god, it's well I was going to, but then it wasn't loading. Oh, there we go. Like if you look. I mean, even home versus away, like, Bergeron, I was thinking, like, points, maybe there was some difference. Like, Bergeron, three points in four road games, four and three home games. Like, he was literally just point per game in the playoffs. Like, you know, it's not like you can complain about that much. Like, yes, I think, you know, in this game seven, you know. Well, I don't want to say you want more from your top guys, because, you got more from yeah, them. like, obviously you want more from your top guys, like, you know, you want the team to win, but again, you run into the same issue that you have for the last six years, which is you can't rely on those guys forever. And they ran into that again this time. They were one game away from winning the cup and they've just taken step backs since then. And I obviously I mean, yeah. the cup runs hard to hard to match and i know you can blame covid and the bubble for that but and now we're getting to the point where pieces of the team are leaving core pieces of the team are leaving year I mean, it's already been happening year yep yeah that's what i was saying it's, it's been happening and it's seemingly could happen this year or next year and then it could be from there and even more of a what word did i use earlier <laughs> The trickle-down effect of how, how long does Martian want to play without a Bergeron? And, oh, well, if the Bruins are rebuilding, Pasta doesn't want to play for a loser. Yep. So it's they got a lot to... You know, either way, if Bergeron retires, if Bergeron comes back, there's a lot of work to be done. And I understand that they still got 50 wins this year. That's very impressive, especially with the bottom six that they had. <laughs> yeah. They still relied on the top guys way too much. I don't think anyone's. I don't gonna, think anyone's going to. I hope that. anyone would fight that. But regular season wins are cool, but when it's the playoffs, you need to have three to you know on. If you're really lucky, you'll have four lines, but you need to have three lines that you can consistently go to, and and they just didn't not be considered a success just to not get scored on. Yeah. And and it's tough because these players on the third line, you kind of have penciled in right, because of their contracts and all that good stuff. <laughs> so, <sighs> yeah, it's tough to see where they go from here. There are a lot of options and they could be incredibly aggressive. They could try to run it back how they did, which I think is a complete failure and not doing any of your veterans justice or Patrice Bergeron when he comes back. You know, you can't. It just sit around if he comes back, but 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, Jake DeBrusk, did he earn a spot in your mind for next year? Especially that nice goal today, too. I, I, he's he earned it to since back, the deadline. Oh, I yeah, definitely. Keep, I didn't mean to say earn it, but yeah, do everything in your power <laughs> to keep him. I mean, like obviously There's he signed. <laughs> like he's he's making four million this uh for the next two years after like starting next season four mil and then the next season after that four mil. Yeah. Like I mean, for for what he brought on on the top line, actually you know being able to separate Posnock from there, give them. Some sort of semblance uh-huh. of a good round, well-rounded top six. Yeah, absolutely. Keep DeBrusk. He fit there. It's just a question: Does DeBrusk want to return? Because obviously, I we all know they were gonna revisit that in the off season always. And I think we all wished it just wasn't this early on. I mean, you think there's got to be a way for them to mend that? It was absolutely really. <laughs> you think back to 2018 and 19 he was incredible in those two like i don't want to say runs for 18 because i was just game five in the second round is when they lost but remember in yeah. game one in tampa where he blocked like three shots towards the end of the game made a big clear dough for the puck got it out and like had to hobble back to the bench you remember that uh i don't know if you do it was no. four years ago, i remember so rick nash scoring <laughs> yeah well come on Rick Nash does Rick Nash things, but True. he was, I don't, again, this might sound over-exaggerating and reminiscing too much, but he was really one of the heart and soul guys of those runs. And if you can rebuild that third line even to where he even fits really well in the third line, you can do anything you can to keep him. Yeah. But I don't think, I think you need, see, I don't know. <laughs> I keep talking about third line, but you look and you got okay. Well, you have you need a second line liners. center. Yeah, you have that, but it looks like going into next season, are we really going to try a Debrusque Coil Smith again? No, I think you're just we're just trying Marshawn Bergeron and Debrusque, and then you but figure yeah. it out from there. Because <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I I just look and I see so many questions. Um, like, absolutely want to keep DeBrusque back. If he wants to come back, absolutely. You know, like, unless the team's willing to give up <laughs> the world for him, which I doubt. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I, like, I I said it after the game. I was like, I look at this roster, and there's, like, eight or nine guys where I'm like, keep them. And, you know, it's just those guys. You know, Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak, Hall, Lindholm, McAvoy, Swayman, Allmark, and then I said maybe DeBrusque, which the maybe was more just riding on whether he, he wants, wants to, to come back or not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which one. I guess that maybe also rides on Bergeron. So, and then anyone else, like I really just would not be upset to see go. I mean, like I'd be like, you know, if Grizzly goes, if Carlo goes, I'd be like, man, what could have been, but Carlo. presumably they, they'd be able to make a not so bad trade with them, but uh, it's it's the Bruins management, uh, which we can also get to Sweeney later on. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, this whole uncertainty and questions, it goes much further than just It's more than just Bergeron. Players. It's management, it's coaches, which I don't think... I'm not necessarily saying Bruce, because I think he I don't think did really well with what issue. he yeah. had. <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm thinking more... Whoever assistance. runs the power play. 
And what did, which I think is Joe Zacco. Excuse me here. I am not trying to be rude here. I love Chris Kelly. I love what he brought. But what did he do to earn a coaching job? I don't know. I don't even know like what his status is. But like, then again, like you look at Steve, Steve Ott on the Blues. He's a assistant coach all of a sudden. So I mean, I guess these guys come out of no nowhere all the time. Yeah. Not all the time, but I mean, Chris Kelly was a very cerebral player. So maybe that helps somehow. And I'm not trying to <laughs> to say dare disrespect Chris Kelly. Chris Kelly. I would n- kiss. Kiss. Kiss yep. Kelly. Kiss Kelly. Um. <laughs> Right now, it's an order. But and, and one thing on Bruce, he's a good coach, but I wonder sometimes about his ability or lack thereof to make adjustments mid-game or mid-series. You know, he certainly has the he certainly does it. I don't know if they're ever the correct decisions, but yeah, like I think there's not going to be a perfect coach. Obviously, no. And, you know, I'd say Cassidy is probably a top 10 coach in the NHL. Like, I think that's fair to say, especially like this year with what he had, pretty good results. You know, the Bruins have been at the top for the last, you know, five years since he came in. Yes, they've had good players, but you still need a good coach to carry those players. And they've done it consistently for the last five years. I think it's fair to say he's top 10 in the NHL coach wise. Like, definitely. You know, there's always going to be faults to those guys. Like Barry Trotz got fired from the Islanders. I'd say he's probably still a top ten coach in the NHL. But you know, I don't know. I don't. I'm not. I'm absolutely not a like on the fire Cassidy train or anything. I think definitely. No, you know, no, you no, look no. at the assistants. You need something changed there. Whoever runs the power play, get out. Um, because <laughs> holy, I've never seen a team like. When they win the face-off and just get set up straight off that, cool. They're no, they're pretty good at that. The moment the puck leaves the offensive zone, the power play is dead. They cannot set up for the life of them off the rush. It's absurd. I've never seen a power play be that bad. And it's just, like, so identical. Like, I'm not saying, you know, I could just go and fix it. But I'm like, okay, this is clearly the issue. You are all NHL players. You are NHL coaches. You you should be able to figure it out. Like, I don't know. That's <laughs> that's a minor thing. You know, obviously, the power play is your top guys. So, you know, you'd want that to be better. But I, I think overall, when we're looking at this team and looking at the loss tonight, you know, you can't really go, oh, hey, it's the power play's fault. Um. Because they didn't get one until the third period. <laughs> yeah, because they didn't get one until six minutes remaining. And so let's let's talk about the actual game. Do we have um, Unfortunately, yeah. Because... I don't want to. <laughs> I'm not going goal by goal. I'm not doing any of that. Thank God. Thank uh, God. I do want to mention... Max Domi. <laughs> Max Domi, man. Like, come on. I, I, it's like, yeah, the goals like weren't like incredibly impressive like they all basically just went straight to him and he just tapped it in but it's still so like come on of everyone to do it has to be yes it wasn't d'angelo i mean yeah but they're both kind oh man tony d'angelo won the world lost (laughs) Uh, you remember in the game when Halla took a swing at him and cut him open? Yeah. <laughs> Halla, what the fuck are you doing? The refs put their whistles away like midway through the second. 
They decided nothing. The only thing that was going to get called if someone was dead on the ice. <laughs> or if the puck goes over the glass. Yeah. Because they are literally forced to call that. It's, yeah. I'm absolutely not saying the refs were the reason the Bruins lost tonight. They never are. Maybe you can argue 2019 Game 5, but even then, they still didn't have any goals at that point. Um, but three, you know, power plays were 3 nothing Carolina, like, by, like, midway through the second. And then you put your your whistles away. And like some of those calls in the Bruins, uh, there's, yeah. what, <laughs> two times in the first period where four on four, but you could argue that it should have been a power play for the Bruins? Yep. Yeah, like Craig, Craig Smith's penalty when when much later on in that game, Brendan Smith literally jumped into Poshnok's head with his elbow, didn't get a call. I mean, McAvoy literally slew foot Brady Shea and did get called. Get for that. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's just like, you, you gotta you gotta still call those. Like, I'm sorry, you can't put the whistles away. If you are calling it to start the game, then call it throughout. If you're, hey, if you're not calling it to start the game, cool. Just keep it consistent throughout that game. But it was Steve Kasari and I believe Chris Lee. So what the hell was I expecting? I don't know. And it's like they're they're talking, you know, before the broadcast. Oh, these refs, they're always honored because they're chosen to work these game sevens. You know, that means they're at the top. The top of what? <laughs> the hell are Not they at the top at? <laughs> Not their game, that's for sure. Yeah. Like. She's like, you're not caring about player safety if you're letting slew foots and literal elbows to the head go. I don't care if it's game seven. You call that no matter what. It like yeah. But We have fun? We uh we have fun. I, I do wanna ask. Oh gosh. How did this feel compared to different years? Like, you know, twenty twenty 2019 like what what was the feeling when the clock hit zero well when the clock first hit zero it's like they really didn't score out of that out of all that chaos that that was crazy i thought they were about to tie it out of nowhere yeah it it really it really looked like there is a chance and i mean there was a chance but instant flashbacks to that game against Philly on Easter in 2018, where Bergeron tied with like 3.6 seconds left or something like that, 3.8 or something like that. Remember that? But yeah, I do. I, it... Well, obviously, it didn't hurt as bad as 2017, I will say. Just, you know. But definitely more of the, I don't want to say hopeless, but like. Holy crap, where the hell do they go from here? Where, like, Bergeron... Like, we just talked about all that stuff uh, immediately came to me. And then I see Bergeron going over and handshaking the freaking refs and then hugging every player as he went off the ice. And I know he usually does that no matter what. But it's just so many question marks, like we talked about. That's the instant. You know, I was like, hey, they didn't deserve to win. Way too top-heavy. They're... Got reasons for optimism, though, heading into next year, and reasons to question, reason to doubt. But Canes are a damn good team. They pulled it out. Yankees didn't. That's that's baseball. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just... 
Uh, and of course, they had to give us a little bit of hope too. Of course, they could. Oh, obviously. I quietly. No, you had to have the Pasternak goal with like twenty seconds to go, which I was like, really, really, man, come on. Yeah, and then, and then, right after that, ESPN shows the Frederick Post, the amazing <laughs> save by Ranta on Hall in the first, and and then the, Coyle the just coil having miss. stone hands, stone hands. The puck explodes off of his stick. So, the Bruins bury two of those. It's a whole different story. So that's yep. it's literally sports. It's a game of inches, it's mistakes, just bounces. And... Like especially yeah, hockey, it's, it's literally a just a game by of bounces. Ronta, like you literally have Fredericks go off the post, and then it goes the other way. Like ten seconds <laughs> and later, in the Kane score, yeah. you have like the first or was it the first goal. It was the first or second goal. Yeah. Uh, where, like, the puck literally deflected right to the Canes player and they just easy put it in. Like, you know, yeah. it's stuff like that. It's like, yep, hockey's game bounces. Really didn't feel like the Bruins got their bounces, like, <laughs> all of this season. Like, I... T like, I, I don't want to be, like, the, you know, shit happens guy, but, like, <laughs> it's, it's hockey. It's a sport. They use sticks to hit a rubber puck into a net. With made-up rules and regulations. With made-up rules that the league never follows. <laughs> like Loosely. Loosely followed. Yeah. Um, I will say, for me, uh, I, I did tweet this, of course, but this, this loss, like, basically once it got, like, the, once they got, once they didn't score on that power play, with like five minutes ago, I was oh, like, "All right, that's that's basically that it." It was brutal. Yeah, and that's basically I was like, "Yeah, okay, that's it. This is about what I expected for the team this year." <laughs> and like, it's absolutely the least upset I think I've ever been in a playoff loss in the last like six years, because realistically, I, <laughs> you know, we kind of expected this all year. It's like, yeah, yeah, you know, always hoping. That they do well, they can go far, but in the back of my mind, I think I kind of always knew this was going to be the result, finishing as a wild card team. And, like, that doesn't mean it doesn't, like, suck any less, and, like, yeah, I was up, you know, I was and am upset about it, but it was, you know, at least for me, I was kind of just like, yep, this is, this is the reality of this team not making any big splashes offensively at the deadline. Hey, trade for Lindholm was great. That was awesome. He especially And that's going to be great for future was... years to come. Like, yeah, that's something that's going to pay off for sure in awesome. the future. But, especially in game yeah. six. He, Lindholm was all over the place, you know, with a good defensive stick and everything. That's going to be a great pairing. Top pairing. You just... For literally, like, eight years to go. Yeah, and then you just got to build around it, which... Which I I will say going forward I think the defense, cool, cool like you, you you do probably you know want another right shot defenseman you have questions about okay who are the guys below Lindholm you know Grizzlick Riley Forbert yeah, you got to figure out something there but I will say like Grislyk? I I feel good about the defense going forward I think that is like. I mean, next to goaltending, you know, it's, like, the least of their worries. Like, all yeah. of it really just has to fall on the forwards. Like, they definitely have some sort of decision to make in the offseason because you don't you don't want to be carrying, 
you know, three left-handed defensemen who are playing under Lindholm, who all make three million or more. You know, you got to move one. Yeah. And I think you asked about Grizzly. I think it was still the right call to keep him out, just you know, based on the playoffs. Especially with the matchups too. Yeah, I think it just was not his series, and yeah, like last couple. Yeah, this the, like game six against the Islanders last season, awful. Like it was just bad. <laughs> it was just in the worst game of his career, and he probably had the worst series of his career this year, and that's why he was scratched for game six and seven. And you know, I love Grizzly, but I don't know. I think I think he's probably still on this team next year. You know, they probably tried. Oh, it. absolutely. You know, like, I don't think it wasn't like a you suck benching. It's just a, you know, something's just not working. So let's try the people that have been working. And I I, I would assume Grizzlick's back next year. You know, maybe you can use him or, or Riley in trade bait. I don't know. That's That's more for the next episode to talk about, but um, I think, yeah, I just, I, I, I look at the defense. I don't see much of a worry. Um, you did want to bring up someone though. And I did. Yeah. And you know, it is kind of the future thing, but I do think it's relevant to talk about, uh, Jacob Zaboral, who yes. had a pretty good start. Like I thought he was like a serviceable top four guy to start the season. And then. He got hurt, and we never heard of him again. <laughs> yeah, that was a tough injury. Looking promising for what he played. And mm-hmm. he, UFA coming up. Don't think he's making much. Obviously, there. No, it's going to be like 900k or something. That may be a million if he's lucky. But, yeah, I mean, it just further complicates everything. It's truly just one of those... It's going to be interesting to see what they do, whether it's a good interesting or a bad interesting. It's It'll certainly give us stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope so, unless they they do absolutely nothing. Well, if they do absolutely nothing, we'll be able to talk about it. <laughs> well, as of now, let's see. They have... Not much cap space, if that's what you're looking at. Yeah, yeah 1.8 million cap space for next year. It's because they already re-signed McAvoy, they already re-signed DeBrusque. Um, yeah, there's oh, yeah. going to be an issue if you're trying to bring Bergeron back. <laughs> well, I don't think paying Bergeron is going to be an issue. Yeah, no, like, they'll do it if, you know, obviously. Someone, someone's getting moved for that, I don't know. Take, like we said, they'll the three million off the books from one of those two defensemen, I would say. Probably. You might but be looking at... A buyout for Foligno? I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. I they think like that's... him too much. Yeah. I, I don't Bergeron think it makes recruited sense. him, so why would you do yeah. that to Bergeron? I don't a lot of a lot of moving parts. Almost none of them good. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um Yeah, God. Ah <sighs> man. We are thirty one minutes. Um Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's not felt like it. <sighs> it just sucks. Does absolutely. You really, you really just wanted, really just wanted more. 
and you pray to God that Bergeron comes back. Because, you know. I want 2015. Well, maybe not 2015, but yeah. I, want the, I want the old days back where they were young and they had so many years left. Yeah. And obviously Bergeron's not going to have a decision right now on his future. No. He won't have a locker clean out day three years from now. Or three years from now. Three I years. I hope so. Uh, wow. Three days from now. Um, but like even the quotes from Marshawn talking about Bergeron, it's like, yep, it's like, hey, Bergeron absolutely has earned the right to make whatever decision he wants. If he wants to retire, all right. If he wants to go play for another team, even then, I can't like I wouldn't ha- I wouldn't be able to be mad at that because of how the team, or more specifically the management. <laughs> Round him for the last few years has failed to get him another cup. Yep. Someday there's going to be like a podcast interview with uh, Bergeron, Chara, Rask, maybe even Marshan too, talking about how hey, they didn't they didn't build for us to get another cup. Yep. Okay, I'm just being funny, but anyways. <laughs> I, I I do want to ask. Oh boy, does Bergeron come back? I I don't want to jinx it, but I just feel like Bergeron cares way too much about winning to retire after a first round exit, and especially after the season he just had. There's no doubt about it. He should be winning another Selkie. This, what the NHL awards are in a couple of weeks, right? I can't remember, but without a doubt, one of the better years he's had in the last well, whatever <laughs> yeah. many years. But uh, I wouldn't blame him. He's what thirty-seven. How old is he? Thirty-eight. I, I think he's thirty-six, he's 30. turning thirty-seven in July. I want to say. He's got to come back for his age 37 year. Yeah, 36 oh, turning 37 on. in July. <laughs> yeah, July 24th. <laughs> He's got to go back, doesn't he? He has to, right? There's no way he can walk away from this. He's at, yeah, and he's at 982 career points. You, you want him to hit that 100 mark. Surely he wants, or that 100. I think he hit that a oh. while ago. That 1,000 point mark, like. You know, I don't know if he really, like, surely there's a part of him that cares. I don't know if he'd, like, go out and admit that. <laughs> but if you're him, you definitely look at that and go, all right, I mean, you're that close. Why not run it back one more year? But... See how Don Sweeney can fail you one more time. Yeah, I was going to say, but you have to have him, you know, if you're Bergeron, you're absolutely in a place to have a conversation with management and go, Oh, okay. All the leverage. Let's bring someone in. And yeah. sure, they don't have cap space right would... now, but if you're Bergeron, you say, find a way. Yeah, and if they don't, okay, well, talk to me in a year or so. I want to go do anything else, but. I'm going to go sign with the Montreal Canadiens. 
Yeah, did you hear ESPN with that too after the game? Insane. It's like he's not and signing it's... with the Habs. I will eat my shoe if Patrice Bergeron signs with the Habs. Aren't you going to eat your shoe for something else? I can't remember. Probably. It's probably something really unlikely. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'll eat my shoe if the Bruins lose in the first round. Like, no. Oh, yeah. Eat your shoe, man. <laughs> yeah, no. If I was Bergeron, I wouldn't. I just. Well, he has way too much class to go in and be like... He does. He would. demand things. But, like, I want that. You know, like... I... <laughs> yeah, like... Who even... Let me see. Upcoming... UFAs. Yeah, if if you want to look at upcoming UFA centers, specifically. Because that's really what the Bruins are looking at. You got Nazem Kadri. Uh, I don't want Kadri. Uh, you got Clojure. Someone's gonna overpay him oh, massively. Clojure. Yeah. You got Bergeron. You got Ryan Strom. You got Vinny Trocheck. You've got to give Evgeny Malkin, <laughs> Nick Paul, Sam Gagne, Marcus Johansson, Jason Spezza. You mentioned Malkin. Yeah, I said Malkin. Okay, good. Because that's, then, what, that's who they're getting. You basically go down the list. And it's like that, Victor Rask, true. Colin Blackwell, Nico Sturm, Derek Stefan, Chris Tierney, Curtis Malkin. The Bruins are getting Malkin. Imagine, though. That would look so wrong. <laughs> hey, you know, it's basically the same colors. Just, that would that would be funny. Because Malkin would come in, you know, assuming Bergeron's back, and he'd still be the second-line center. I'm sure <laughs> he'd still, he'd still be behind a Canadian. Yeah. You know, there are definitely some options. I wonder if they take a long, hard look at Ryan Strom. I don't know if the Rangers are able to bring him back. I mean, Trocheck had 50 points. Like, I wouldn't be upset. Um, but that's... I don't know. You you really wish San Jose had done the smart thing and just traded Hurdle. <laughs> like, come on. Hurt, like, they had no reason to keep Hurdle. So stupid. <sighs> Man. San Jose's going to make the playoffs in a couple years. Stop. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Oh, you sound very doubtful. Yep, that's because I am. Um, okay. <laughs> I want to ask. Uh, so, do you want to... Because I think we should just go to questions. Yes, please. And then and then we can swap back to, like, you know, talking about the Leafs, going through some armchair GMs, and then sort of wrap it up. Because I think a lot of these questions <laughs> kind of relate to what we've been talking about. So, I also yeah. don't know. You know, how many of these were well, going to be? Yeah, just rapid fire through. And if you yeah. notice any repeats or anything that we've talked at nauseum, just skip it. Grow yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, so, like, you know, Ryan at Bergergo37, like, asked, you know, is Bergergo putting away his skates, walking away? Also asked, how do we deal with the offseason making this team better? That that offseason talk, I, I will just use that question to say, like, we're 100% obviously going to do it. Like, much more, I could say, like, in-depth than we are now. Um, that'll be next episode. That should be literally, like, probably, like, three to six days from now anyways. So it won't be long for that. Um, but the question that we, you know, didn't completely go through, but I, I think the most important one uh, at a pig that flies, uh, Sweeney has to be fired this offseason, right? Right? Please? <laughs> Yes. Isn't his contract up anyways? I, I have no idea. I'm pretty sure it is. 
So there's your excuse. Yeah. And if it is, there you go. You had there's a good run. Own. That's all I'm going to say. You had a good run. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Time to take him out back. <laughs> I, it's just, it's time. Um, it's been seven years for him as GM. You, you just need a new fret like fresh pair of eyes like even even if he was like a good gm i'd still at this point say with the tra trajectory of the team you'd say okay you need a new pair of eyes change something up because sometimes you get too close what, what's the saying you get too close to like the forest to see the trees the, I, I don't know it's something about okay. painting and pictures i don't know it's whatever yeah, either yeah, works yeah, yeah. you know there needs to be a change there um Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, so I, I searched Don Sweeney on Twitter, and you know that fake guy who likes to be a parody of Don Sweeney? Yep. They tweeted at 8.51, the truth is, dot, 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 Bergeron or not, Bruins don't need a second-line center. They need a top-line center. <laughs> you mean for after Bergeron retires? Um, so... They, they, what I, they want to be the Leafs. They want Matthews Tavares. We know how all that goes. Like, that's, uh, that's a, that's a take. Sorry, but no, you just need a second line center if Bergeron's coming back. Obviously, if Bergeron retires, you blow the team up. I, I feel like I'm going insane. Are did Patrice Bergeron not just have one of the statistically best? He literally had no, ever not one of. Had. He had the best. Two A seasons of his career, and basically that's ever been recorded, like in the it's almost new point stat era, so it's like in the last seventeen years. Offense. Yeah. So, uh, no, the Bruins do not need a replacement for Bergeron, who pretends to be Don Sweeney, and I think he actually thinks he is. <laughs> he is wrong on every single thing. Yeah, I I won't disagree. And he with tries that. to. to... <sighs> oh boy. Anyways, I am sorry. I am sorry. What were we talking about? Uh, Firing Sweeney. Sweeney. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it certainly looks like his vision of how to build the team doesn't work anymore. I. I got okay. Close in twenty nineteen. For what it's worth, which is not much. Um, Zero. I will say, in the last few years, Sweeney absolutely has been better than he was before. Granted, atrocious before. And I'd say pretty Who's solid touched? these last few years. I think some of the draft picks have been much better. You know, it is it is harder when you're not having a first-round pick every year. But then that's also because when he had those first-round picks, he didn't capitalize on them. And so he's trading these future first-round picks for players that can help now. Makeup. Except you could have had these players that helped now from those draft picks yeah. before. And so it's kind of all still connected there. One step forward, two steps back with him. Literally. That's so, like... you know, deadline acquisitions, great. I've always been good at those, but, you know, you look at free agency, no team ever really signs good contracts in free agency. It's just where you overpay. Who overpays but, the least, really. Yeah, that's that's what the battle is. And when you draft well, you don't have to overpay as much or overpay as often. And yeah. Or, you know, just, just overpay someone who can stay in the lineup, at least. Yeah. Yeah, it would be, would be nice. Um... I think I you think know, that's all. Whatever happens. About yeah, I I don't think Bruce needs to go necessarily. He did no, great. No, I'm fine. I'm fine with Cassidy staying. But 
you know, I'm op- I'm indifferent. Let's just put it that way. Because... Yeah, like if he goes, I'm like, all right, that's you know, thank you, <laughs> but like I I'm not going to be incredibly upset. But I also think it's more like if Bergeron goes, Bruce goes, because. I think if Bergeron goes, then you really look at this team and you go, all right, let's just completely retool. Obviously, they don't need a massive rebuild. Um, but you don't have centers. Uh, yeah, you thought they don't have centers now. Yeah. Just wait until, I guess, what should be a second-line center retires. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, like uh, Austin at A-Hockey 1993 said, I think if any major executive slash coaching decisions are made, Sweeney should be the one to go. Cassidy's proven he can get a lot out of a flawed lineup. Um, also, for how the season played out, I'm damn proud of the guys. Would love to see DeBrusque return. Thanks for the content. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with all that. Like, realistically, this team was... They, they weren't going to win the Cup. Like, they, they just weren't. And it was still overall a fun season feels weird that they had 50 wins uh but but hey they uh no they still lost in the first round anyway so um i i do do want to ask you about this one uh someone suggested to uh fire cassidy and sweeney and then hire barry trots in hopes to bring back bergeron how how do you feel about that one (laughs) Is that a? Is there some kind of link there? Why would I have no idea? Okay, if I'm being honest, I'm sh- um, maybe there's something with Hockey Canada or something. I think Barry Trotz Canadian, right? Uh, I have no idea. If I, I, I that sounds right. I got you. I got you. Yeah, he's Canadian. Yeah, he is from. It doesn't say. Oh, Winnipeg. He's from ah. the Peg. Uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how. I would like Barry Trotz. The Bruins, though, they already play a defensive enough system. Yeah, I was going to say. Defense. So let's maybe not do the whole Barry Trotz trade. Um, yeah. I mean, what more can you say other than... Like, okay, if if you're firing Cassidy and you're looking at a replacement, sure, that is objectively the, the best... Okay, I mean, I... I would love that personally, but if, if you're looking at the best, like, on-paper replacement, yes, Barry Trotz is that, but, like, I don't think you're in such a dire situation that you need to fire Cassidy that, like, no. that quickly, so. Um, basically, the last of the questions, um, Josh Williams uh, had some suggestions, which is more, like, the future of the team, which I think we can just save for later um and there were questions in my dms from tyler seeger because he asked them earlier um and so he he thinks that it is time for a rebuild uh and so he asked how do you go about blowing the team up and do we think they'll fire management for the draft so the blowing the team up we will save for next episode but i mean yeah i think if you're gonna fire management you do it you know, you probably a week from now. Draft. You'd have like, to get a new... You gotta get new guys in, regime talk to in everyone, there figure out you know, what they can the do with the team. And I mean, the draft's like two months away, right? Like Something like that, yeah. Because I think it's still in July yeah. this year. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, hopefully next year we'll get back to the normal, 
you know, draft is like June 25th, 26th, and then the week, you know, like right a week after free agency, July 1st. Perfect. But wait and see. Uh, the other question that he did ask, which is why I saved his stuff for last, was how do you fix this problem if you are Dubis? So let's talk Ooh. about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Another Game 7 loss in the first round. Obviously opened the episode with that, just to start with the, you know, funny <laughs> not focusing on the Bruins thing. Oh god, what? Uh, this is about the Leafs. Sheldon Keefe says he felt the Leafs got a lot more respect in tonight's handshake line than in previous series. <laughs> Well, good thing the respect gives series. Oh, that's that's no, that's funny. <laughs> that's literally the. No, don't worry. Can you please great. send that to me, though? No. <laughs> I, I need to <laughs> need yeah, to have that. I, I, uh, I suppose. Oh my god. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, hey, if they're getting the respect, then there's nothing, nothing they should do to change. I, am I insane for thinking that? Yeah. Maybe okay. Maybe the Leafs shouldn't trade one of the big four. It, it's so funny because... Like, that's always what's suggested. But I'm like... I mean, they ran into Tampa. Like, the Leafs were objectively a very good they team this year. They ran into the year. Canadians last year. They were a very good team last year, too. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think it's more just them not getting the job done. They have a obviously a talented enough team. They really shored up their defense too. It's not the best, but come light years. And like, I mean, yeah, they did run into Tampa this year, which I mean, that's maybe not fun, but I, 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 as much as I like, don't want to compare them, but they have the same issue as the Bruins. They didn't get enough depth scoring. I was going to. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. Matthews yeah. had nine points, Marner had eight points, Nylander had seven points, Tavares had six points. I'd I'd argue that's enough out of your top four. Maybe. You know. I know you are I know they're paying them forty million, but basically you know, all point per game, like you, you can't really ask for much more. Especially I against mean... a team like the Lightning. Um <laughs> But Spezza, man, the hometown guy. Oh yeah. Come on. With his, so, man. with his one assist. I don't know. I love the I, stupid Amazon Prime video, uh, the series they had where it's like, and we lost again. Yep. <laughs> I mean, Jack Campbell I, I just, had an 897 in the playoffs. But I was told he was Vesna and the best goalie since... Uh, actually, not the best goalie since anything. Just the best goalie. He was just the best goalie ever, actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I, I genuinely don't know. I don't know what they should do. I mean, obviously, got to rework maybe your bottom six. Although I think that's the best bottom six they've had in for sure in a while. Um, it's just like a <laughs> you look at that go. I you don't know what needs to happen, and like I like. <laughs> watch, it's gonna be. It's just, just like every the year. Surely they can't keep thinks. losing gonna be like the capitals where finally people start to think yeah they're definitely losing this year they're they're past it maybe they trade away one guy or something and then they'll win the cup probably which tonight i was expecting them to just in the third period just get two goals in the span of like 20 to 30 seconds and win it i yeah but, i'm really surprised they didn't do that in front of the home crowd 
yeah, it's. <laughs> I, <laughs> I hate to laugh at other people's misery, but it's just hysterical. It makes you feel better about your own team. But at least we understand how Leafs fans feel. A big Game 7 L. Oh, I think we know. <laughs> well, I meant, I meant in the first, first round. round yeah. I meant in the first round. Yeah, yeah. Shut up. Pat Maroon hasn't lost a playoff series in four years. Sorry, because someone just asked me when the last time he lost the playoff series was. It was like, Jesus Christ, it's literally been four years. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the Leafs do. Uh, good thing we're not <laughs> in their Blackburn. position, and we can just sit and laugh. Pete Blackburn quote retweeted the respect in the handshake thing and said, did they get an oops too slow last year or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, they're they're gonna break through one day, and you know, as I said before, like they have to. It's the same thing with the Avs. Same thing to see. Yep. You know the reaction from the players, the jubilation, all that stuff. But be sad day when those first round jokes die. Yep. Yep. And I mean, I picked lightning in seven. Actually, I think I picked lightning in six, but I. This this really felt like the year where a lot more people were picking the Leafs, even against the you know back to back Stanley Cup champions, and it just still didn't happen. So weird. Um, yeah, other I think than that, people glossed over the the Lightning and who they are, despite yeah. having a completely different third line. Yeah, it's it's like <laughs> it's just their, it's their identity. I don't know I don't know how to put it any different way. It's just they're the Lightning. Um, other than that, a few other series have wrapped up since we last recorded. The Blues won in six over the Wilds. Um, I mean, I had them winning in seven. I think that series was a toss-up. I was surprised it ended in six, but... After those two chaotic games between the Bruins and the Wild, I am so happy the Wild got bounced. I wish the Blues didn't win, but hey, Tory Krug's gonna win Oh my cup. god, yeah. Uh, maybe. Uh, Florida also back. finally took care of... Oh god, yeah. Finally took care of Washington. Um, that was a closer series than I thought it would be. Yeah, which makes me want to ask now because we have two. We have two second round matchups that Florida Tampa. Who wins? I think it took everything the Lightning had to win this series against the Leafs. So I'm I, I'm going Panthers. You see, I, I don't, I don't disagree. However, I think like it should not have taken the Panthers that long to beat the Caps. Like I think it that was a lot of like the Caps. Like the Caps really had a chance to win that series, and I feel like that was a lot. You know, obviously the Panthers are a great team, but I don't know. I feel like part of that was the Caps just blowing it. Uh, yeah, sure, you can say the same thing for the Leafs, but. These Leafs took it seven. I, I went. I had Florida Tampa like in my original bracket, and I had Tampa moving on. So I feel like I just by association, I just have to have Tampa still going on. Uh, and then Colorado St. Louis is the other matchup there. Who uh, who you got winning that? Not Justin Falk because 
Kadri will hit him again. Oh, true. But no, I don't know. That, actually, I actually haven't even thought about that one at all. Um, probably Avalanche. I would say. I think. I think that's fair to say. I, although I guess Bennington's on his revenge tour, so. <laughs> Crazier things have happened, but I think uh, Avs take that in six, maybe. Maybe five. And again, I will reiterate this to everyone. I have the Blues winning that series. I have the Avs going out in the second round like they've continued to do for the last few years uh, because I've picked them in the playoffs for the last... I picked them to win the Cup for the last three years, so naturally, now that I'm picking them out to go in the second round, they're going to win the Cup. Sounds good? They're cool. going to sweep their way to a Cup, too. Literally. Not just win it. <laughs> yeah. Um... And then we got LA Edmonton game seven happening right now as we're recording this. It's nothing, nothing in the second. So nothing's really happened there. Uh, and then Calgary Dallas game seven tomorrow and Rangers Penguins game seven tomorrow. That's all I'm saying. I, I desperately want Calgary Edmonton. Please give that to me. And hey, whoever advances, Rangers Penguins, kick the Demolish shit out of the Hurricanes. The and get ready for whenever you're in Raleigh for the calls to completely shift. And the Canes have home ice. Yeah. And that's just one general thing. And I mean that for the Bruins, too, because there was a game in that series where the Bruins took nine penalties. Well, I guess gave up nine power plays because some of them, whatever. Yeah. But there's no way either team goes from taking nine penalties in one game to being a two or one penalty team the next game. Yeah. That's just... And I always understand that it's called by humans stuff's gonna get missed that stuff's fine you know a hook here uh you know those especially those you know minor things but like man that missed the head okay even like that yeah hit to the head the slew foot like anything where you can see the refs right in the line of sight and they're looking literally right right in front of the staring at it like yeah when hall hall got tripped by shay like and shay literally lost (laughs) his stick in like the first period you can see the ref literally looking right at it like, come on, you see that right and there, you have to call that. checked into the boards two seconds later. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's crazy, and it'll never be 100% perfect. I don't think anyone actually expects it to be 100% perfect. No, but, but it's not anywhere close. If you're going to set a standard, there's three things. Well, two, let's start with two. If you're going to set a standard, follow it. Yep. Two, penalty is a penalty no matter what time of the game it is. Yep. No matter how close it is. No matter if it's game seven and overtime, it's a penalty. And yes, McAvoy should have been called for, uh, was it Shea that he slew footed? Yeah. That should have been called. Absolutely. There's. Obviously, everyone talks, you know, the announcer's like, oh, this late in the game, the whistle, the refs letting them play on. It's like, uh, or. They shouldn't. <laughs> If it's something like like a little hook or something that didn't maybe cause like a massive disruption, then sure, let them let them play. And the the minor stuff, sure, let them play. But shit like that, especially dangerous, like that was dangerous by McAvoy, and it was dangerous by Smith to hit pasta like that. You have to call it. And I don't know if it'll ever truly get fixed to a point where it's sustainable to be. You know, convinced. Hey, got the best refereeing possible. And I saw someone say that. Oh, these refs are reviewed. They get pay bonuses, and they can advance to the next round of the playoffs. Yeah. That is enough motivation. It's like okay, well, there's motivation. Clearly not. There's just clearly not wanting to call things and not 
it's such a big like it's a joke let's just put it that way yep and the NHL is never going to change yeah just like in just like in baseball you know Oh my God! Don't eat. no one wants a hundred percent accuracy. Well, no one. Everyone wants a hundred percent accuracy. It'd be nice, but no one expects a hundred percent accuracy. But it's the egregious ones. It's the wow, that ball's literally in the dirt or in the other batter. It's like literally, yeah, it's like three. eight inches off the plate. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a problem in all sports. Obviously, I think yeah. I don't watch basketball enough to fully have an opinion Ooh. on how the replay situation is. And it slows down the game a little bit, but especially in playoff games, but get you it right. Get it right. You, yeah. you got to get it right. And who cares if it takes an extra minute or two? At least you have confidence that the outcome that you created, yeah, is a fair and accurate one. And I, there's so many things in hockey though that can could be reviewed if you open up that can of worms. And so many penalties are to judgment, to the ref's discretion. And it's that leaves so much room for interpretation, so much variables. It's a problem we're stuck with, and you know what? It's it's fun. We, yeah. Who who has more fun than sports fans? Everyone on the planet, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Um, I I will say like at least MLB wise, Robo Umps, immediate solution, boom, perfect. Like, literally will not have, like, an issue unless for some reason the technology literally stops working. I don't working. want Why? Because no matter what, it's, it's just the human... Humans, come on. Come on. But if, I mean, if they keep going down the road that it seemingly <laughs> is going down where it's awful like this, then yeah, I think it's a conversation to be had. But they need, you know, if they can try to get it so it's very marginally inaccurate where it's you know where you can see okay well i see why the ump would think maybe that crossed the plate or why that was high enough or whatever but like these ones that are obvious they need to cut that out but i'd like to, i want to avoid rubble lumps at all costs as, as i think you probably would too but uh, is that realistic is it realistic to expect them to be uh good at their jobs apparently not <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like I I saw someone say it as well. Like talking about the like NBA versus NHL like refereeing. Like the NBA protects their stars so much. Like you like tap Giannis's back and it's a foul on you. You yeah, elbow post. You jump into Posternock's <laughs> head, and it's all okay. You know, like I don't want I don't want the NHL favoring their stars specifically. But when you have something as egregious as that, and then you look at other sports and like, yeah, no, this guy's a star. Let's you know, you know, make sure to watch specifically stuff happening there. Like, how about we just protect everybody? Yeah, how about we like have competent people <laughs> at their jobs who can like say, hey, that's a penalty. Like, why can't we have more refs on the ice? Or why can't we have and... like a ref like in the stands that can call a penalty? Like, I know at that point, you know, yeah, it's getting outside of the box, but. You need you need an extra set of eyes, like watching from above, because yeah. there's gonna be stuff that they're gonna miss behind the play that you need to call. Yeah, and especially for NHL refs, I will say trying to be on skates. Oh yeah. And watching everything and trying to dodge the puck and players coming everywhere. You know, I, 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 
you know, it's it's not easy. It's not easy, but but they've been doing it for so be... long, so yeah, and it, you know, it's a professional thing. So get professional people with half a brain. Yeah. Okay, I think we've ranted and rambled enough. I think that's enough, yeah, referee talk. Um, yeah, we'll be complaining much more on whenever we record again. Yeah. Do we want to hit those quick five uh, armchair GMs? Sure, rapid fire me. All right. Um, so this one is actually just I quite simple. I one you're going to mention. Which this trade would not happen. I guess maybe the contract's bad. Uh, but they have uh, Ty Gallagher and a third round pick going to the San Jose Sharks for Logan Couture. Logan Couture does make $8 million a year, but... Um, yep, don't exist. <laughs> yeah, good luck getting that uh, uh, trade happening. Uh, this one has Bergeron coming back. They also re-signed Lazar. Ooh. They also signed Ryan Strom, five years, five and a half per... And then also bring back Zaboral. Uh Trade Mike Riley to Seattle for a third and a sixth. Uh, Wagner to Arizona. Uh, Wagner and a sixth to Arizona for a seventh. Uh, DeBrusque to Dallas for two seconds and a fifth. Okay. And Grizzlick to the Wild for a third and a fourth. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so you have Marshawn Bergeron, Lysel, Hall, Strom, Poshnok, Halla, Coyle, Smith, Felino, Nosek, Lazar, Lintel, McAvoy, Zaboral, Carlo, Forbert, Clifton. Which is uh, which is a take? Um, That's something. Now, uh, this one I'm saving for last. Is it the all oh. the eighty-eight? Yep. Um. All right. This one's called keeping the team good. They bring back Bergeron. They sign bleed. They also sign uh Frank Vitrano four years, two and a half million. Okay. Uh, also sign Nick Nick Waugh. I actually don't hate that. Five years, three million per. Uh, send Grizzlick to Dallas for a third and a fifth. DeBrusque to Nashville for a second and a third. Craig Smith and a fifth to Chicago for Mike Hardman and a third. I love that name. Uh, and then the the way they get Nick Waugh is trading Stanika and a fourth because they get his RFA rights um, to Vegas, of course. So Marshawn Bergeron, Waugh, Hall, Hall of Pasta. I already said no. No. Nope. Nope. Yeah, there's no you center. Second line and I got scared. Yeah. And especially because you're I mean, you're getting rid of Krizlik, and then it's like you still got you Forbert's second pair. Like, yeah. Um. <laughs> all right, we'll we'll do this one, and then and and with eighty-eight. So uh, this one, uh, resign Stanika, resign Sean, uh, get Carl Grun. Oh, okay, so they trade Grizzlick to L.A. for Carl Grundstrom in a second, and then sign Carl Grundstrom for some reason. Uh, they dump Felino with a third to Arizona. And then they signed Nazem Kadri three years, seven and a half million per. Uh, Make so, it much more than that, and I'll pass. So, Marshaw, Kadri, DeBrusque, Hall, Coyle, Pasternak, Frederick, Halla, Lysel, Grundstrom, Nosik, Smith. That is awful. Also, Kadri's not signing a three-year deal. He is making all the money he possibly can on a long-term deal. Uh, Bergeron comes back, uh, one year, three mil. Uh, Zaboral resigns, Curtis Lazar resigns, and this person has this. This is the last one. This is the bad one. Uh, the truly bad one, I guess. And they sign Ryan Strom four years, six point one two five million per. I'll start with the uh, uh, these trades: Craig Smith and Eric Halla to Minnesota for a second and a sixth. Trent Frederick and Jack Sean to Seattle for a fifth and a seventh. Okay, you can get more out of those two. I I, I don't think you can. Eh, more than a fifth and a seventh, you'd hope. But then Ooh, there's this no. trade where they trade. 
Grizzlick, Studnika, and David Posternock to the Winnipeg Jets for Nick Ehlers and two firsts. Only way one of those fir- only way I do that is if one of those first turns into Bedard, but that yeah. happening. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it makes no sense to trade Posternock. Especially like this guy goes out and signs Ryan Strom, so it's like you're not trying to rebuild. It's like why are you trading Posternock? What if in his world Poster requests a trade? Well then Posternock requests a trade and that's a different world <laughs> than the one we currently live in. Yeah. So, it's coming. Please no. Please God no. Oh, man. Well, what a way to end it. Thanks for bringing those into <laughs> yep. my mind. Hey, I will say I have I have missed the armchair GMs the last two months. Those are always fun to just Well, they're laugh back at. in here until next February. Literally. Um, that is that is all we have. Um, you know, ne- the next episode, which is coming in a few days, will be like a real like season recap, sort of off-season preview. But I will say now... Um, thank you to everyone who's listened. I mean, hey, if you listened since we started this back in started 2019-20 season, you know, thank you if you started just this season or even just this episode. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, it's you know it's always fun to be able to do these, even even if uh, the Bruins' results aren't always the greatest. Yeah, I concur. I concur. And on that note, as always, thank you for listening, and we will uh, we'll see you soon.